0: Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Roundtable, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, we are discussing Modern Love, Season 2, Episode 6, peeps. Okay, this is called In the Waiting Room of Estranged Spouses. This was another of my favy episodes. Now, it was not as favorite as Episode 5, 1, and 8. The reason is, is... I say this the possible volatility of the main guy character I think was a little disturbing but um, not because he was a veteran that had nothing to do with his volatility it simply had to do with some of the other things that were related to how he dealt with things but in the waiting room of estranged spouses. So this this episode opens up with a husband and wife who are at a 5th of July picnic and they're talking with another man and his wife and the wife has her their baby in a carrier. Well, the one guy's Wife and the other woman's husband go off to get the kids more sparklers, but they don't need to because there's sparklers already on the picnic tables. So the woman who's holding the baby in the carrier is going, You know, your wife and my husband are apparently having an affair, and I think it's been going on for a while, and I just think you should know. Now she's not saying it like trying to cause an all out, you know seen at the picnic. She's saying it because she knows that her husband is cheating and she knows that this man really has no idea that it's going on. So anyway, we then fast forward to she is at a counselor therapist um office and she sees this guy who is her husband's the woman that he ran off with husband <laughs> at the therapist office. Well they decide to go and get some food together and kind of just talk. Now some people would think this is a very strange situation and I will admit it is a very weird situation in this story. However it kind of reminds me of when I was a kid growing up there was a family I knew that was quite a ways from um, where I lived but they still were somewhat disgusted in my town but anyway people thought it was very strange but the the family originally um, the husband had been very very abusive to his wife and to his children and then he had left basically them completely and was not helping to pay child support or take care of them and this was back in like the 90s when I don't mean it weird, but divorce and things were more taboo than they are now. So this woman who had been basically a stay-at-home mom had to go try to find a job, try to take care of the kids, keep a roof over their heads, and her ex-husband really wasn't helping with that very much. Well, anyway, at the same time, like the... The abusive husband had several brothers. Well, one of the brothers came and started to look out for the children. And he also looked out for the wife, made sure that they were okay. And eventually, like several years down the road, he married his brother's ex-wife. And people thought it was, you know, kind of scandalous and um, almost, um, what's the word? I can't think of the word. Um... I can't think of the right word, when people marry their family members inbreeding. But I remember being a little kid and going, she's not marrying a blood relative. She's marrying her ex-husband's brother who has helped to take care of her and the kids for years and is a very nice man who is not abusive. I'm going it's not like she's doing anything wrong. And actually, I don't mean it weird, but if we're going to be completely honest in Western culture, which is based on Christian beliefs in the Old Testament, it was quite common for um, men to marry their brother's wives should the brother die. So I'm like, you know, there's no inbreeding here at all. So I really don't know why everyone in my Town, I grew up and had any trouble with that situation but they did but anyway in the similar way in this story the woman whose husband ran off with this guy's wife you would think how could they possibly talk to each other I'm going there's a scene at the time when they're having some food at the restaurant and she's like you know you're really the only other person who gets what I'm going through because you are dealing with the loss of your wife because my husband ran out on me to be with your wife and i'm dealing with the loss of my husband because your wife ran off on you to be with my husband she's like you know we get what we're going through it doesn't mean that it makes it easy but we have a commonality in that grief and in that loss and in that kind of angry mess that we have and he's and The guy's like, well, you know, it messed up my plan. My plan was we were going to have a baby. Then five years later, we were going to have another baby. Then in 10 years' time from that, we would pay off our house, and we would go see glaciers in Alaska together. And she's like, you know, If there's one thing life has taught me, it's that we can't really base our life on a set plan. I mean, we can hope things go well. We can do our best and work things through and hope it works out the way that we want it to work out. But at the end of the day, set plans are not always going to work the way we hope. So anyway, they keep talking. They also agree that they're not on a date, they're just having food together. And um, she leaves her son's um, little sock, his baby sock there. And then they basically continue to be friends. He comes over and um, helps her fix her electrical when the storm goes out. He also, um, she cuts his hair for him. They were going to go on a date, but they didn't because her baby got meningitis. But what he did instead was, he was at the grocery store when he he found out that they couldn't go on a date, and um, he sees her ex-husband, and her ex-husband is there trying to figure out what medicine they need, and is upset because his wife will not take the baby to the doctor. And in that scene he's holding a get well um balloon and he's like you know i know your wife doesn't want to take charlie to the doctor but you really need to talk her into doing it because he's got the fever and it could be serious and so he then comes to the hospital and her ex-husband cannot figure out why he knows his son's name and he also asks him do you want to go get a drink because i'm not i'm not having an affair with your ex-wife anymore (laughs) and he's like No, I I really don't want to have a drink with a man who had an affair with my wife, which is why we divorced. And no, I have no desire to do that. I'm like, you know, that is just weird. And yeah. So anyway, but they go to the hospital. He brings a get well um, balloon for Charlie. He gives the lady who's his friend a hug. But he then walks out. And you see him basically take all this these things that are holding him down like his his old military jacket and coat and arms and um, then he finally lets go of the baby sock and you see him at the basically this pier with his ex-wife and he's talking to her because he wants her to know that he will sign the divorce papers and she basically tells him that The plan thing scared her because she's not a project. And she also tells him that she's scared because he threatened to kill himself in the middle of all their pressures. And I think that's the thing that this episode really didn't help deal with, is the fact that I think that both the main characters were really, really likable people. But the guy character with the suicide thing and also with how he was relating to his first wife at the dinner, like very authoritarian, that would be a major drawback to being in a relationship with that kind of person because I think it could get very, very kind of anarchist, very not, not pleasant at all. So that I found somewhat unsettling and they really didn't resolve that too much in this episode. But anyway, at the end of the episode, the, the guy character goes to a picnic because the Charlie, the little baby, is having a year birthday party. And when he's at the picnic, he realizes that the woman character is not back with her husband. She's like you haven't been talking to me because you think I'm back with him? She's like, don't you think I deserve better than being back with the guy who left me and our kid? You know, and we're not even, the kid's just turning one. He couldn't wait to have an affair, you know? She's like, don't I deserve better than that? (laughs) He's like, yes, yes, you do. And she's like, I I already have a man in my life. And she goes and grabs her son. And she's like, see, Charlie, he's the guy in my life. (laughs) I'm going, yep, yeah, he is the man in her life right now. But anyway, at the end of this episode, they are back in the, the counseling session, um, the counselor's office, who was totally freaking out because both of them were her patients and in the office at the same time at the start of this episode. But anyway, so she's they're back in the office, and the counselor looks at both of them and is just like, I think we have a lot to to talk about don't we and he's like yes we do but i did enjoy this episode mainly because it really does show how when there is conflict often we can find commonality in situations and ways that we maybe didn't expect now it doesn't mean that everyone's going to end up with their husbands lovers ex husbands Because that, that just does not happen every day. But what it does mean is that I think that we can find grace and in some ways redemption in things that most people would never think you could find it. In. And maybe that's the biggest lesson of all. Check it at the round table. Bye.